0: are you i'm okay i just feel like my cup isn't in properly oh, fuck. I, i'm starting to wonder if it's to do with the shape of my canal your vagina my canal <laughs> <laughs> what's happening in your canal is it venice is it flooding okay menstrual cup yeah when you insert yours yes do you feel it pop open to its full diameter well and- you need to otherwise you get leaky Yeah. Cup. so i i can feel that when it pops open that there's a side that's slightly compressed and oh. now I'm wondering if my vaginal canal mm. is actually the shape of a semicircle <laughs> righto <laughs> <laughs> it's got one flat wall and one curve and one curved because I leak And I can tell it's not in right. And I'm supposed to be the pro of cups because I talked about it on Instagram like I was an expert. So I nailed it the first time I ever used it. I was like, this is amazing. Why wouldn't you do this? It was so perfect. And then like every period since I've struggled. Yes. What fold do you do? So I do the tulip. Yeah, I do the tulip too. Yeah. But the thing with the tulip is cause it's because it makes it the smallest and the pointiest yep. for easy insertion. Yeah. I think it's the hardest to unfold, to deflower. So what I do now is I like do the tulip, but I don't go all in. I do like a half ass tulip. Okay. Get it in and then you've got to rotate it 360. Oh, the twist. You've got to do the twist and then it seals. Do you know what? That's the step I'm missing. Yeah. You've got to do the 360 twist. Okay all right i'm gonna i'm gonna readjust my cup it shouldn't matter the architecture of your vag because it's silicon so it should just mold to whatever walls are going on in there Look, something's going on in there because okay. i still have to wear my period undies with my cup to catch some sort of leakage situation. every day yeah oh that's bullshit no you should be able to just have a cup and then rock a G banger. <laughs> imagine g-bangers what even are those it's so 90s i know i I haven't worn a g-string in a very long time (laughs) especially not on my period but what i like about the cup when it works is that you almost feel like you don't have your period it's got that 12 hour wear but you've got to get it in right at the beginning of the day yes you don't want to do it with two kids like what are you doing well okay (laughs) I remove my cup in the shower at the end of the day yep. because I'm incompetent with pulling it out. So sure. I just, it's a whole thing. Yep. Like I have to breathe. Yep. I feel like I'm giving birth. Sure, But then someone told us that you're not supposed to bear down to get the Are cup out. Oh, you're not supposed to? Yeah, because they said apparently that's not good for your pelvic floor. So what you're supposed to do is relax mm. and you can do panting, like giving birth, <laughs> what to f- get out. But I really struggle to get purchase. Uh, so it's a whole thing in the shower and last night hubs was in the bath with the kids and i was in the shower having a moment (laughs) trying to get my cup out and rafa was like running in and out of the shower and i was like babe i need you to take her in the bath because i can't get my cup out i need to be in the zone family fun time (laughs) look it's a whole thing it's worth mastering i'm committed to the cause yeah 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 like i'm i'm you can't go back to tampons after cup life no you can't you just can't do you know my cleaning hack You know how the cup has little tiny holes and sometimes a bit of the blood gets stuck in those holes? So what you do is you fill the cup to the brim, whack your hand over the top and then squeeze and the water out Out the the holes and it clears all the blood. What fun. I might do a demonstration on Instagram. What fun. I feel like I've got more chat on the cup. Shall we get the intro done? Yeah, 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 (laughs) totally. We have a thousand things to do, but we'd rather chat to you. With emails and meetings and husbands and kids, we don't have time for this. Just what you need. Two basic bitches with a podcast. Hello and welcome to We Don't Have Time For This. I'm your host, Gemma Pranita, aka Gemma Peanut on the gram, along with my co-host, Revs. Hi. Hello. I don't have my period. But you're about to get it. I'm waiting. Come um, on, turn up. Got the sore boobs. You're ready to bleed, Got baby. Got bloatedness, ready to, to drop it all. <laughs> <laughs> drop your bundle as drop well? Drop my bundle. So back to the cup chat. Yeah. The thing that's driving me to commit to it, yes. despite having a tricky time mm-hmm. trying to get the seal, is that I want to be able to show Rafa totally. the way. That's what's driving me. Because I think when she gets her period in however many years' time... I hope by then that tampons are obsolete. Like they're just not a thing anymore. Mm -hmm. They're terrible for the environment and that I can show her the way and I can sit down with her and I can level with her and be like, yeah, babe, it's hard. Yeah, I had to learn how to use this motherfucking cup in my thirties. Yeah, do your tulip, but in a half fast way, and then slide it up and rotate. Sounds real (laughs) scary, but they're gonna have period undies, which I'm very excited about. Thank God, pads are disgusting. Do you remember what we had to waddle through? (laughs) Yes, how could I forget those sweaty pads that were just like not breathable, not breathable, visible, (laughs) like uncomfortable, so terrible. I will say though, when my period undies are full. Mm Because I don't like sleeping in a cup. I've never loved sleeping in a tampon either. Oh, you sleep in your cup? To bed I wear a cup and period undies. And does it leak? Well, no, because you're lying down. Depends if you're on the heavy gates of hell day. Could you get away with just wearing period undies to bed? But then you wake up in a squelch. (laughs) I don't like waking up in a squelch. That's what happened to me this morning. and It was not fun. I had to throw myself in the shower at 5am, clean out the squelch. My actual period's very straightforward once it arrives. You're lucky. It only lasts like three days. Mm, five oh. but like <laughs> five but the top and tail are like what are you even playing at Do you know yeah, what i mean like yeah. it's not really there it's like hi i'm coming just letting you know i'm coming i'm here for like two days and then it's like <laughs> okay thanks see you next month bye, see you I'm, bye. I'm imagining that homer simpson gif <laughs> backing through the hedge yes <laughs> See, my period lasts a full seven days. Yeah. Yes, it's very light on for okay. the last three, but it's there. Yeah, it's, like, annoying. it's annoying. Yeah. What the shit we have to go through. Uh, woe is me being a woman. No, seriously. I'm annoyed at it. Yeah. Uh, do you know if you have an IUD in, you can't use a cup? Or well, you can, but you have to be careful. What? Because the suction of the cup has historically dislodged some chick's IUDs, like the shit. We have you to think deal. You're with dealing it. with it by getting an IUD up there for five years or whatever, and mm-hmm. having it all sorted. But no, no, don't dislodge it. Speaking of IUDs, are you on birth control? No, neither. What are we doing? Well, I'm abstaining. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very single. <laughs> what are you doing? Ah, uh, you know, you're doing pull out, aren't you? Yeah, you're doing the rhythm method. The rhythm method works for us. Can I ask a really personal question? It depends. Where does he finish? <laughs> what part of your body or is it not on your body or how does it, how do you do it? So, you know, in the last, Oh my God, put your fucking phone on silent. You it's give so me so funny. much shit for this. It's, oh, look, it's your mother-in-law. It my I mother. wonder if she wants to know where her son finishes on you. <laughs> Uh, You know, in the last episode, how I was like, I can't talk about my pillow talk because my dad's probably listening to the podcast. And you're like, dude, our parents gave up on this podcast many episodes ago. ago." Well, guess what? Oh, no. My dad listened to that fucking episode. (laughs) Good grief. I feel like I can't answer that question. He comes all over my tummy. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. Tommy. Well, now we're getting really into the deep. Yeah, deets. I want to know. We frequently finish in missionary yeah. And so where else is he going to blow his loads? <laughs> I don't know. Into a towel. I'm not into facials. Oh, I've heard it's really good for your skin. Oh, stop it. No, I've heard it's really good for your skin. Don't want to try it. Yeah. Hit me up with some other serums, okay? Yeah, Just yeah. Just not that serum. <laughs> I thought you liked plant-based. <laughs> <laughs> no, that one's a burgers and chips-based <laughs> serum. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Did you know what I don't have time for? What don't you have time for? I do not have time for people commenting on my kid's age gap. Oh, what? For context. Yes. The other day I was at a playground. There was a dad there pushing his kid on the swing and he saw me hanging out with Iggy on the other swing and then up runs Rafa out of nowhere from yonder. God knows where she'd run to. (laughs) From over the hills. (laughs) She's probably climbing some trees like a kilometer away and she runs up to me, of course, asking for a snack. Yep. And he was like, phew. You didn't mess around. What's their age gap? And the thing is, is because Iggy's now mobile, he suddenly, height wise, is catching up to Rafa. And Rafa's little. She's a petite little pocket rocket yeah. for her age. And Iggy's, I wouldn't say he's tall, no. but he's average. Yeah. But they're 20 months apart and I just, I don't know, there's something in the tone that he was like, oh, you didn't mess around. Mm. Like, we love to obsess about this, right? Yeah, well, that's why we have a podcast, right? (laughs) No, I mean we collective, the parents collective, love to obsess about the perfect age gap. Yes. We do it before we have kids. We have a grand plan. Everyone does it. Yep. Everyone just assumes they'll be able to engineer this stuff, that they'll be able to get pregnant like that. So everyone has in their head their ideal age gap. And if you have any conception difficulties then you obsess about that dream age gap getting away from you. Yes. And you're like oh no I really wanted two years and now it's three and now it's four. And in the same way that when we're trying to conceive we obsess over what I did. The month, if I conceive this month, then there'll be... a November baby. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh oh, that month has passed. But if I conceive this (laughs) month, there'll be a Sagittarius baby. There'll be fire or whatever like it's so absurd and i think the same conversations i had with age gaps yes so tell me Rebsy, yeah how many kids did you want mm-hmm. and had you pre-planned yes. their age gaps? yes everything i wanted two kids two and a half to three years in between interesting yeah i wanted three kids with a two-year age gap between each one yeah right And, well, (laughs) well, I kind of accidentally nailed mine. Yeah, what is the gap between your two? Two and a half, exactly. Ah, why two and a half to three? Why not two? Because me and my sister were two years, nine months apart. And so I was like, well, then that's the perfect way to do it. (laughs) Because because that's what I knew. Yeah, you just wanted to replicate your sister. Yeah, and like the good mum, right? Like her and her sibling are three years. Is it three years exactly? Because her mum planned it out. Mm -hmm. And was like, three years is the ultimate gap. So that's what she wanted. And that's what she executed. So what's my excuse? Because me and my brother are nearly almost exactly three years apart. But then I wanted a smaller age gap. Well, because you had infertility issues and realized you couldn't control a motherfucking thing. So (laughs) you just took what you were given. True. Right? Yep. And me too. It just happened to accidentally end up that it was two and a half years in between. So how old was Rafa when you fell pregnant with Iggy? One. Yeah. Fuck that. But, but... Talk about it now. Okay, but can I just quickly tell you something crazy? Yes. So Iggy is 20 months mm-hmm. and it dawned on me just yesterday Oh my god, that he is the exact age that Rafa was when mm. I gave birth to Iggy. That's wild. It's stupid yeah. is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but the difference between Rafa and Iggy is enormous. Yeah. As a 20 month old, Rafa had heaps of language, yeah. fiercely independent. Yeah. And post Caesar delivery of Iggy with slow recovery, she was kind of a dream kid to have because she could climb in and out of her own car seat. She could climb in and out of her own cot. So I never had to lift her. She could climb into her own high chair. She could climb the Eiffel Tower. (laughs) (laughs) So it was a breeze for me to parent her with a newborn and nursing a cesarean scar. Mm -hmm. But I look at Iggy and I try and imagine having a newborn and I'm like, No, no, no. He's a baby. I remember that exact moment when Teddy was two and a half. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, this is the age Isla was when I had him. And And she seemed way older? Way older. And I was like, he would not cope. (laughs) Like straight up not cope if there was a baby coming into the family. Like, so my sister just had a baby. What's their age gap? Like yours. Really? 20 months. Uh, No, Tommy's two. Okay, two years. Two years. But it feels very quick <laughs> is that because tommy's like again he's Isn't a boy it a, it's he's a, a boy, boy. he's a boy i know there's gonna be mums yep. who are gonna tell us their kids the exception cool yeah. We get it there's exceptions i believe in life. you i believe you but for us and everyone i know the boys are younger isla she was two and a half but she felt three and a half mm. and then but teddy when he was two and a half felt two maybe one and a half <laughs> you know I mean? <laughs> so the age gap when they're different sexes i think can feel bigger than it yes. is yes yes But maybe when you have, well, we don't have this, so we've got no personal experience. But like, so I was at the park the other day and I ran into the good mum. Yeah. And so she's got almost three years between her girls and it looks like three years, you know? It doesn't look like two and a half or whatever. It's like, because they're both girls, smart switched on girls... It looks like three years apart. Yeah. You know, you can really see that age gap. Yes. So I think it does depend on the genders. And the kind of kid that you have. Yeah. What's interesting is that even though my kids are only 20 months apart, the gap feels bigger. Yeah. Because Rafa feels older than a three and a half year old. Yes. And Iggy feels younger. You feel like you have at least two years between them. I do. Yeah. But I do think about people who also have a 20 month age gap And have a boy first, who Mm. is maybe a little bit slower to develop. Yeah. And then... Like if Iggy was your first child and then you had another Iggy. (laughs) No, or if I... Can you imagine if I had a Rafa? Oh, yeah. Fuck. (laughs) Fuck. Rafa could only be the firstborn. Exactly. She couldn't have any other place in the family. We were just talking about this and we got quite heated over this. We already know people who are on their third kid. And people, I reckon, are starting to think about their third kid. So Revs has been obsessing over this. And I I pulled her up on it because I was like, what's the psychology here? I need to dive deeper. We were just sitting at her dining table and she was like, I reckon more third babies are coming into our friendship circle. And she started naming couples in our friendship group who have pretty much adamantly said we're done yeah but they're not because they haven't had a vasectomy and they're not on birth control there's no such thing as a whoops baby i fall into this camp and we are done with having kids but if you're so done why aren't you dealing with it i don't believe you're done because you're not dealing with it coming on your tummy is not dealing with it i've explained this i told you I am not shouldering the responsibility of birth control anymore. Yes. It's my husband's turn. Totally. Now, he is even more done. (laughs) So much to say. Sorry, I'm listening. I'm here with you. He is even more done than I am done. So why is he fucking around? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's not just us who gets to decide if we want a third baby. Why hasn't he dealt with it? It's a million dollar question. I've asked him the same thing. I was like, go and get the snip. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'll get around do you to it. you know what? If I left parenting up to him, his yeah, 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 would mean none of our kids are vaccinated. <laughs> it would mean none of them will have ever had their hair brushed. None of them would be in daycare. They'd all have talons <laughs> for nails, fucking scratching their faces. Like, you know what you need to do? You need to have a scare. You need to be like, babe. Hey, I think I'm pregnant. Or abstain. <laughs> or abstain. Yeah. I'll be like, no sexy time until but, uh, you go get the snip. But I'm sorry. I just think everyone goes, we're done, we're done. But if you're really done, you'd have dealt with it. And if you were really done, you would be on birth control. It wouldn't be like a political issue in your marriage. I'm not going on birth control because that shit fucks me up. I know, honey. It I know. And I want to fly the flag for this. We shoulder the responsibility, particularly our generation, For too long. From too young. The whole time. The generation of men that we know. That we're married to. And who are our friends. They have been so spoiled. Like so spoiled. Mm -hmm. By our managing of birth control. Our mums got us on the pill when we were 15 or whatever and we've done all the work there and then you're the one who then goes off that birth control when it's time to start a family and then when you have your first baby you go on the mini pill and then you might get an IUD and then you have to have the IUD removed and then you go on another pill oh I need a nap I know but like it needs to be talked about I agree because it's not okay because the hormonal roller coaster that comes with that And also the effect on your physical body, the effect on your emotions, how it affects you in your career and at work, in your friendships, in your life, with your parents, like everything. Hormones are all encompassing. Not only have we spoiled them with just handling it so they don't have to have these pregnancy scares, but... We've protected them from what hormones do to us emotionally. Yeah. So we've we've always written it off as like, oh, she's on her period, or like, I can do anything a man could do, but bleeding, you know, and it's like we're not allowed to just say, like, no, I'm on this new pill and it's fucking me up. Yeah. I'm not good at my job, I've lost all my concentration, I'm bloated, I'm hungry, you know, all the the things it does to us. They have never had to even experiment. No. With a form of birth control. All they get to do is fucking cum tum. <laughs> You know, which sounds really fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's not cool. No, it's not cool. And this is kind <sighs> of, and I get that we. And sorry, I'm on a rant. It's okay, I'm rant sorry. Away. But I get we get to this point, right? Two kids deep, mid thirties, hard into career, done with kids, and we go. You know what? Fuck it. I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. But like, who's the one who's going to end up fucking pregnant and either having to have a termination or having a fucking third kid? You! Like, yes, he'll have to have the kid too, but you're the one who's going to have to have the pregnancy and the birth and all the shit. I hear you. I know we're talking about age gaps, but I've just (laughs) gone on a tear. No, I 100% agree with you, Revs. Our generation are still, and particularly men, and I know I'm generalizing and all that shit, But we still fall into the role of mothering our partners. And that is something that I've said to hubs. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, good on you. Don't do it. Like, I'm sorry. This is the person you married. Yeah. And I know that patriarchy Mm -hmm. before allowed men Mm -hmm. to have a very cushy existence compared to women. Double mother, real mother, wife mother. Yeah. And you know what? We're overcorrecting now. Sorry, guys. (laughs) You were lulled into a false sense of security and now we're smacking down. But not Sorry. Not how sorry. long have Not humans sorry. been on earth? And they have to teach their sons to fucking take this responsibility. Yes, And you know what's funny is when I'm on one of these rants, getting on my soapbox, <laughs> yelling out all the feminist language, he's very like, I know who I married. Yeah. It's okay. Yes. And, and yet. And yet he hasn't gone and got the snip. But. I'm not going to be the one to book the appointment. No. I'm not doing it. Totally. I am not doing it. Because you know what? He's not the one who books me in with my obstetrician to get me on birth control. No. I handle it. To echo what you were saying before, they're spoiled. Women just. Handle it. They're spoiled by us doing it so young. They've grown up not having to think about it. And guess what? They still don't think about it. So I reckon everyone, let's pick a date in <laughs> October. Let's do the first of October. Everyone drop a pregnancy scare on their partner and we'll just see what they do. Mass vasectomies coming up. See, I had this stance with my ex. I was like, I'm not booking the appointment. I have shouldered this responsibility my whole life. This is on you. Go and book your vasectomy. And now my kids are probably going. Going to have half brothers and sisters because it never <laughs> happened. <laughs> it never happened. If you want it to happen, you got to book it. Yeah, but you could be the contributor of that half sibling ship. No, you could be. No. Are you done? I'm done. So I've been thinking lately because Rebs keeps bringing up how all of our friends are going to have. She thinks a third it's baby. a weird psychological thing that I want a third baby. Yeah. I don't want a third baby when I'm having sex again I will be on birth control I will handle it it's just that right now there's no name. Trout I- city. Trout? Oh drought. <laughs> Wait, <what did> you- <laughs> I say? trout city and I was like excuse me. <laughs> oh my god I would never refer to you as a trout. Oh my vagina. <laughs> but drought. Drought city. Yeah. I will handle it. Do you know what it is? I want my career and I want my body and I have two wonderful children. I need no more. Mm. But now I've put this on a fucking podcast. <laughs> Watch me. <laughs> Watch me in three or four years' time. Be like, whoops, I've got an announcement. <laughs> oh my god. This is what I'm saying. Like until you've handled it permanently. Yeah. No one can say they're done. Did you know that a vasectomy is 99.8 percent foolproof? Do you know what? I have a theory on this. What? I just think around all this stuff, there's always little gray areas and little doubts sewn in by the medical community for people who have affairs. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> like, I know someone who got knocked up that her husband had had a vasectomy and they were like, what? And she's like, isn't it wild? And I was like, she's had an affair. And had she? Well, I don't know. I don't know for sure, but I was like, come on. (laughs) What are the chances? I just think these things have grey areas just so to cover. Just to cover (laughs) the doctors who might want to have affairs. (laughs) Oh dear. But they're reversible vasectomies. Yes. It's almost like we should give every boy of 15 a vasectomy Mm. and then they have to go get it reversed when they're ready to start a family. It's safe. It's easy. It's day surgery. You can get a lunchtime one. They could go into every school and give every 15-year-old boy a vasectomy. Can you imagine? I saw a statistic the other day that really broke it down crystal clear. It was about everything going on in Texas. Oh, don't even get me started. So if a man and a woman both have sex every day for a year, a woman in that time could only grow and birth one human life. Or twins okay sorry i'm trying to do a statistic okay sorry sorry. can sorry. we just stay with <laughs> yeah. one one pregnancy yeah if a man did that he can potentially father 365 lives yeah more yeah if he's having sex with multiple people in a day like well, they all have twins <laughs> and then they all have twins it's just a real spray and see what happens situation the point is men have so much more fertility responsibility when you break it down just by a numbers game yeah therefore they should be in charge yes. of birth control yeah <laughs> fuck <laughs> i'm mad now anyway age gaps <laughs> back to age gaps <laughs> i firmly believe that every single mother will stand behind their age gap sure and explain why, why it's, it's the best totally it's because we don't know any fucking difference Whenever I see someone post on Instagram, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm about to have two under two freaking out. I'm always like, it's honestly fine. Yeah. You will handle it because you have no choice. You have to. But to. Yeah. In the same way that people who have bigger age gaps are like, nah, this is the best age gap because by the time my second came along, my first was more independent and meh, 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 meh. Well, you know what? I love that my two are close in age. Yeah, unpopular opinion probably, but I reckon there's merit in bashing them out close together. Yes, you're in crazy town for a couple of years, but you get it done. The idea for me, so my youngest is four and a half, going back in. Mm. to baby land. Yeah, but it's interesting that you say that because a lot of people bash out two. Yeah, whether have a it's a big gap. Huge gap. Yeah. And then they have either a surprise third or a planned third, but they knew after the experience of one and two <laughs> that they wanted a bigger age gap for their third. But I find that fascinating as well, that whole diving back into all your baby stuff yeah. and most people have given it away yeah, yeah. by that point or it's so old yeah, yeah. and scungy it's and time for new everything yeah so my cousin has five years between her girls yeah and she was very stressed at that because it took her ages to conceive her second was she worried that they wouldn't be as close or yeah, something yeah she was just like it's too big an age gap it's weird like we're gonna have so long between them they are best friends And she's got a mother's helper. Oh, so good. Because her baby was five Mm. when she had her second. Yeah. So she just like helps raise her. It's amazing. And they're thick as thieves. I guess whatever you end up with, you're right. You don't know any different and you will totally find all the reasons it's shit And all the reasons it's amazing. Yeah, it's echo chamber mentality. You can find anything on the internet to validate your feelings. Like you would be able to find a hundred articles explaining why a four year age gap is the best age gap. And then you would find a million why it's better to have two under two or three under three. I heard once the easiest amount of kids to have is four. Cool bullshit. I'm (laughs) sorry. That is driving a fucking bus around. Yeah, you're driving a bus. But also I think the theory is that like they have playmates. Yes, And the eldest kind of raises the youngest. Well, it's interesting that you say that because my mother-in-law is one of 10. And she sat in the older age category out of the 10 kids. And so she had to raise her younger siblings. Ten. She was one of 10. I think she's number two, like the second oldest. So you can imagine how many little ones she was in charge of. Fast forward to now, I've chatted to my mother-in-law about this. And she had resentment. Mm. That she had to raise little ones. Yeah. And so how that impacted her as an adult was she then waited right to have kids. Because back then a lot of people were mm. finishing school, getting married, having kids. Yeah, like that was kind 20s. of the trend in their early twenties. I mean, I know Isla would love to raise a baby in her family. <laughs> would she? she? Oh my god, all she wants in the whole world is a sister. Aww. I know. And my sisters had two boys. <laughs> Like we have no other girl. She's just surrounded by Sur- little men. Surrounded by little men and all she wants in the world. Like, you know, she's plays, she still plays with her dolls, which she's aged out of. But she just wants a little sister so bad. Shame. Shame, Shame. for her. <laughs> oh, dear. Who knows if she'd resent it as an older person. How would Rafa go if you had a third? <sighs> to be honest, I, like Rafa is, she's a very self-involved kid. Like yep. I can see in her personality that she. Do you know what's leaked in lately that I'm not a fan of? Is competitiveness. Oh god! So it's, she's kidding. you. It's, she's a three. <laughs> she's come home from daycare, and they did an Olympic games. She's a game Nazi. Are you about to tell me she's a game Nazi? Well, it's suddenly seeped into her personality that she likes winning. So the dumbest shit, like. <laughs> I'll be walking the laundry basket up the stairs and she'll be like, (gasps) runs through my legs and will be like, I won. I'll be like, didn't even know I was in a race. (laughs) You couldn't even be like, yay. And you're like, did you? I don't know. I wasn't playing. So therefore I didn't lose. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I did do that actually. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm going to be that parent that never lets their kid win. We'll go and do bowling. And I'll be like, sucker. I just got three (laughs) strikes in a row. And she's like, what? (laughs) Life's not fair. Participation award. What even is that? Yeah, bullshit. I don't know. I'm into that. Wait, what? I know. <laughs> that was I'm... a sharp 180. <laughs> We're all contradictions. Yes, we are. We are. I think it's good to encourage kids to participate, but yep. you still should have first place, second place, third place. Right. And participation. And participation. And you you've going to be fine if your kids don't come first, second or third. <laughs> no, but if they're not good at something, I'll be like, move on. Find what you're good at. <laughs> fail quickly and move on (laughs) so okay here's a question for you just to round this out now that you've got your family whatever if you could have engineered it what would your age gap have been wouldn't change a thing wouldn't change anything no would you no I wouldn't change anything yeah and this goes back to my whole point we could have not had this whole conversation on the podcast because I think we can all agree that every parent will find brilliance Mm -hmm. in the age gaps that they're given yeah they'll find every reason to love it The end. (laughs) The end. And what can you change about it? Nothing. Nothing. So do you know what I don't have time for? What don't you have time for? Something I've been ruminating on for a while. Mm. And I'm ready. I'm ready to rage. Let's unpack that shit. This is a premenstrual podcast. (laughs) So I don't have time for the way we expect every woman and to an extent every man to change their personality to parent when they become a parent. Expand on this for me, please. Oh, please stop me. So, my sister, right? I'm sorry, I'm always using my sister, <laughs> She's but great content. She's my content queen. She is a born mother and she is what we expect women to be. Yeah. So, She never runs out of patience. She's obsessed with her kids in a healthy way. She's interested in everything they have to do. She likes to play with them. Everything she does in her life, every decision she makes from tiny ones, like what should we buy in the shopping to big ones? Like where should we live? What should I do with my job? She puts her kids first. Everything is family first, kids first. And her whole personality is this generous Mother Teresa, to be (laughs) honest, that's her, right? Yep. That's not me. No. In fact, I was shocked how little my personality changed when I became a mum. But before you became a mum, so during your pregnancy, were you anticipating yourself to change? Yes. Like, were you expecting this magic switch to happen? Yes. I was expecting that I would suddenly care about nothing else in the world other than my kid. And that everything I did would lead with kid first, right? And to an extent, it does in the first couple of years. So when I first had Isla, sure, the first two, three years were definitely led by what she needed and how our family had changed. And You kind of don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. Now, mm. if someone asked me to describe myself, if I said mother, it would be because I felt I should. It's not at all how I define myself. Mm. And I don't think that's acceptable. You know, like I feel like we say we don't judge and we say you do you and there's no way to be a parent and blah, blah, blah. But really when I'm having conversations with people and maybe this is because I'm going through separation and there's a lot of assumptions in the conversations people have with me around that. And maybe that's why it's sort of brought it up for me. But there is so much assumption that, well, you wouldn't do that to your kids or, well, you wouldn't do that because you're a mum. Mm. or well you can't work that job because you're a mum or well you just have to cop that because you're a mum I don't know there my head s- is exploding yeah there I've got s- just so I've got so much I want to say on this I but guess continue I f- just kick us off I just what I feel is why do we assume there's one personality that is motherhood I do think This is all rooted in the fact that everyone talks about how you give birth to your baby and then suddenly you get that lioness rush of hormonal, crazy, wild, new experience of love Mm -hmm. and then off you go into motherhood. But my experience was similar to yours in that I don't define myself as mother first either. and. I think Instagram has a lot to answer for by glorifying motherhood with a capital M, like status. It's funny that you bring this up because I had a conversation with a girlfriend of mine and she's pre-kids. It was such an interesting perspective shift because I mostly hang out with fellow mums and we do. We talk about motherhood. You and I created a whole (laughs) podcast about it. And she's maternal as fuck. Like she really wants kids, right? But this one time she said, yeah, I find it really interesting how... On Instagram, we talk about motherhood with such reverence, Mm. but billions upon billions (laughs) of people have been doing this. Like it's not unique. Yeah. It's not new. I know people say, I'm so clever. It's like it's biological. (laughs) Like, yes, there are people who struggle to conceive, but generally speaking, if all goes to plan, we're born to breed, you know? But people treat it like it's this unique gift, and she said, I look at people around me who become mothers and they think they're really special. Yeah. And you do. You do when you first experience it. It's like when you're a bride. You are the <laughs> most special person in the world. Don't say otherwise. <laughs> like we've all been there. I've been there. You've been there. P. When you're a bride, <laughs> when you're a mother for the first time. You think you're fucking special. You think you're fucking special. And, I'm- and to an extent. You are... No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> you're actually not. You're not. My like my girlfriend said, you're not unique. Imagine if you put other labels <laughs> at that level. <laughs> like... I'm an account manager. (laughs) I'm a public servant. (laughs) But I've learned that the people that I gravitate to as mum friends are irreverent mothers. Yes, we've talked about this. It's the the don't give a shit mums who we We really gravitate to. And we're happy to not do motherhood perfectly. Yes. And we own that. But like, okay, and here comes the contradiction. Because of course, really, when you boil it down, I do do everything with my kids front of mind and first I do but it's not conscious but it's not, I would say for you it's not it's, my personality okay do you know what I mean yeah. I feel like that's different yes like I'm like look I think my Instagram strap line is mother fucking art director fucking podcaster again but why did you put mother I think I probably did that because I'd be like here world here is how I'm defined. I'm a mother. It's, it's actually silly. silly. It's actually silly. If we silly. think about it. But like, so... what are you supposed to put up there? Like, I get what did you, you had like vegetarian, Sagittarian. From, that's more interesting to me. I'm like, any basic bitch is a fucking mother. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, whether you birthed a child or not. Yeah. Exactly. Motherhood comes in so many roles. This is what I mean. You're not unique and special <laughs> no. for being a mom. No. And yet we started a podcast on yes. motherhood because we were like, this is really no, no, special. But uh, this is the nuance I'm trying to get to. And I'm I finding it hard because there is is isn't nuance around this. That's what I'm saying. There isn't enough nuance because once you become mother, everything else is supposed to take a back seat, including... Korea. Well, career's the obvious one, but what about like, I love going out. <laughs> I love restaurants. I love fashion. Well, can I interject for a second? Because we got a little bit of heat from people yeah. when you and I spent our Mother's Day with our girlfriends. Yeah. Because for us, that was a, a gift. gift. <laughs> That we were giving ourselves on Mother's Day, which was actually to, to not, not spend time with our children. <laughs> yes. So, but then there were people who were judging us. Well, it's Mother's Day. Yeah. You should want to spend time. It's like, no, the majority of my life is yes. consumed with motherhood. Yes. I would like to give myself a day to get drunk with my friends. Yes. But also I'm really comfortable now with the kind of mum I am. But Same. It's taken me, I'll say it's taken me seven years, my eldest baby. Isla is about to turn seven in a couple of weeks. So I think it's taken me seven years to one, get comfortable with my body post having babies and one, get comfortable with my personality inside motherhood. I say inside because I just don't embody motherhood as a personality trait. I know I'm harping on, but I really want that to be clear. I think it's a really important point. It's like, yes, what I do, everything I do in life, I put my kids first. Yes, absolutely. Decisions I make kids first. Everything is kids first who I am is not kids first. Who I am, I have needs, desires, wants, dreams, hopes, flaws, complications, contradictions, tastes, all those things, and that is not kid first. That's me but can there be a symbiosis between the two and live in harmony yeah but does it sometimes conflict of course because who i am is a wine loving restaurant loving frocking up person who hates having responsibilities and that does not go well with motherhood on a tuesday (laughs) no it doesn't (laughs) so but then there's the constant dance where i'm like okay there's me and then there's motherhood Mm. and just working out how do i maintain both well because when you lean too hard into one the other one suffers yes so i'm just saying I feel like the expectations we all have including our contemporaries not just our parents or school or daycare or our employers I think we have it of each other as I've been going through this separation I've had a lot of conversations I haven't had before with other mid-30s women and men and I've noticed that the attitude towards motherhood is well But isn't that your whole personality? And it's not. And And it shouldn't be. It doesn't have to be. Like, I don't think it serves a single kid in the world for their mum to be just about them. Yeah. I, I, I do think when it comes to motherhood, you can almost divide it down the middle. Yeah. There are girls growing up in life who are like, I can't wait to be a mum yes. from the age of like, I know Isla's six yeah. and she still plays with her dolls, but I, I'm talking a little bit older. Yeah. So let's go with age 13. Yeah. So you're sort of cresting your teens, but I have met friends who are like, I've wanted to be a mum since I was 13 yeah. and I knew it was my purpose and it's everything I've wanted to work towards in life. Yes. I did not have that at Or like I was like, kids, my biological clock didn't kick in till I was about 26, Mm -hmm. 27. And then I went, oh, just staring at babies with love heart eyes and going, I could do that yeah and feeling very alien in my own thoughts because I was like Jen what chill out bitch chill out (laughs) so another conversation to be had is that I've got two girlfriends who are actresses who both hold that claim of I've wanted to be a mother since I was 13 but then had the complication where their careers were going really well and interestingly one of them said to me oh I I have to hold off on having kids because I know that the second I do, I'm not going to be interested in my career. Yeah. And I thought, huh. And she hasn't had any kids yet. And I thought, oh, that's, that's really interesting mm. because how could you possibly know that about yourself? But we do claim to know a lot of things <laughs> before we embark on this Dude, journey. I claimed to know everything at 15 <laughs> just ask my mum she was like oh 15 year old fucking Gemma thought she knew everything <laughs> but we're all smug like that and that's the journey of life but I can hand on heart say that when Hubs and I were trying to conceive it took us nearly two years to conceive Rafa I remember thinking oh I should do a little farewell to my career not because of all the stereotypes of how women are forced to step out of their careers but because I genuinely thought I have fought so hard for this baby. Gone through fertility treatment. I'm now pregnant. This is it. This is my everything. This is going to dominate my life and I want it to. Mm -hmm. The second I gave birth to Rafa, I was shook and a bit ashamed Mm -hmm. at how I didn't get that immediate rush of love. Mm -hmm. So when Rafa was born... I got all the motherly instincts of, I want to protect you. I want to keep you alive. I will do whatever it takes to make sure that you're okay. The I'm obsessed with you. I love you. You're my whole universe. That for me was the slowest of slow burns. Mm. It didn't come until she was maybe three or four months old. And then I was like, holy shit. I fucking love you. Yeah. Like what was my life before? It didn't come immediately. And I judged myself for that. Mm. And then I tried to engineer it because you do that thing (laughs) where I remember friends were coming to visit me who were mothers and they'd be like, are you just so obsessed? And I'd Mm -hmm. be like, yes. But inside I was like, no, no. I had someone come and visit me in hospital like day two. And she's like, do you just look at her and just think no one in the world knows her like me? And I was like, yeah. Nope. (laughs) I don't know her at all. Yeah, it's so funny, isn't it? How even though we've grown them Mm. for nine months, and yes, we have that tethered connection... From the beginning But the knowing them part Always threw me as well I hate to unromanticize My entire motherhood journey From the beginning But for me it was so practical It was very like Cool, hi stranger In my arms We don't know each other But we need to work together To figure out this breastfeeding thing Because that's how I'm going to Keep you alive right now So let's figure this shit out And hey stranger You've done a shit in your nappies I guess (laughs) that's my job to sort out Because I definitely (laughs) don't want you to get nappy rash because I don't want to be that parent you yeah. know what I mean yes. like it's just this weird practical almost like robotic mode and then the love grew from there yes. and as Raffy and Iggy get older the more obsessed yes. I get with them and actually the more fearful yeah. I become like I, I hate how the growth of our worries are synonymous with the growth of our children because it's like the older they get, the more you know them and then the more you feel you have to lose. Yes. Which is such a terrifying thought. I feel it's really important at this point to say I did get the rush of love, day two. Totally had with the both r- kids? Both kids. Oh, Teddy was a day later, day three, because I came home because he felt like a stranger because I applied all my feelings I'd had with Isla to him and it didn't match. Ah. because when I had Isla, I did feel, oh my God, I love you and you're, I, I did feel the instant connection with her. Yeah, but I had no yardstick because I didn't have a two-year-old. Yeah, but when I had Teddy, I had Isla already and I and I really knew her. And then I had this other kid and I was like, who dis? Yeah, <laughs> so. But it's still, I still remember both of them. I remember the moment of the literal feeling of a rush of love. It wasn't as they were put in my arms for the first moment, although that was amazing for me too. I had a really almost movie-like experience in that way, but I did have an early rush of love. However, what I'm saying is some people do. Some people are natural born It's almost like this is their life purpose. And that's amazing. Mm. I'm not saying, why are we so obsessed with the perfect mother? I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, why do we expect everyone to fit into that motherhood trope? And probably back to the patriarchy. It really did serve and suit the patriarchy for mothers to be like, oh, I've made a child. Well, then now this is my whole world Mm. because it keeps us at home and it keeps us shackled to that as a personality men are almost never father Mm -hmm. as a personality no it's just it just isn't it's not like you don't look at fucking men's instagram buyers and it doesn't say father entrepreneur (laughs) f45 manly (laughs) (laughs) it just doesn't it just doesn't it's not a personality to be dad and we give men so much elasticity in who they are And they're a dad. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm. whereas with women, we go, well, they're a mom. And then I want to know about the rest of them. Yeah. It's just different. It is different. I just think we just need to stop thinking of motherhood as a personality trait. Yes, I agree. What I've learned from this whole conversation is actually I'm quite selfish. Yeah. Because I want things for myself. You should Outside like, of motherhood. But you shouldn't feel uncomfortable. No, but I do. Because yeah. society yeah. as it currently stands and with the glorification of mother on yeah. social media makes me feel like I should lean into that. Yes. And love that. And want everything that comes with that title. And to be proud, I am proud of my kids. Yes. Oh my God, yes. But... I'm also very irreverent, yeah, about motherhood, because it isn't the all-defining word of my personality. yeah. But going back to the moment that I gave birth to Rafa and became a mum, what shocked me more than anything was that, oh. I haven't changed. Yes. I still same. want my career. Yes. I'm, I'm still, still impatient. Yes. I s- I'm still bratty and want to outsource things. Yeah. I didn't. Su- I thought I would suddenly be happy. To just be like, I'll do that. I'll do that. No, mm. I still don't want to get up for what I'm doing and do what they want to do. But some people do. Some people, it, they really just have so much patience and actually get genuine enjoyment from that relationship. Like your sister. Like my sister. Like my mom. My mom was that kind of mom. My mom had all the time for us in the world mm. and she really enjoyed that role i'm not saying it was her personality it's just that her pet personality lent really well to that sort of acts of service yes yes love whereas my love language is gifts. <laughs> <laughs> and your kids do not give you gifts. I mean, they give no, you little poo I, gifts in your nappy. What I mean to them? No, I know. Like, acts of service is still not one of my love languages because I've become a mum. My love languages are still gifts and quality time and words of affirmation. And my kids are covered in words of affirmation. They are drowning in it. Their egos are so big they can barely fit out the front door. But they don't get weighted on in that traditional motherhood sense. Yeah. Because my personality hasn't changed. Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with that, right? Oh, no, I like, know. Okay, I could almost liken it to when you're married to someone in a particular profession, there's always perks. Yes. Right? So, yeah. for example. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. I love what you're going. If you're married to a chef, the perk is they can cook really good fucking food when don't you're Don't slide in with the cobbler's children have no shoes or whatever that they don't want to do it when they get home. Go with the idea. <laughs> Go, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Or if you're married to a doctor or a pediatrician, you can seek their advice for your own children. And if we directly copy and paste that to motherhood, some kids are going to have uber-craft parents. Yeah. You know what? We're not those parents. I'm okay with it. But like you said, your kids are drowning in affirmations. <laughs> they have so much confidence and yeah. EQ, but they don't have homemade bliss balls. <laughs> you know. And that's okay. And they don't get picked up at the bell every day. And they don't do four extracurricular activities a week. I don't want to throw shit on the other style of mum. That's not my point. My point is not, I've cracked at you guys. I know how to be me and a mum. That's not what I'm saying. No, I think what we're trying to say is that whatever mother yeah. you are, yeah. just know there is no mother in yeah. existence who's got every base covered. No. However, what I don't have time for <laughs> and getting jack of is this idea that when you become a mother, you become X. But the thing is is can you blame us all for suddenly trying to fit the title or the bill? Because at the end of the day, your identity does shift. Yes. I'm not saying your personality does. No. But we all grapple and fight with who are we Mm -hmm. when we become a Mm mum. And I think some people feel very at home Mm -hmm. in this new gig. Almost instantly. Instantly, instinctively. Yes, this is a good way of putting it. I've got two friends who come to mind straight away who were a little bit troubled. They've had a bit of a checkered upbringing. They've been really unsure about their direction from a career perspective. They've sort of dabbled in lots of things but never found their thing Mm -hmm. fast forward to them becoming a mum everything clicked so in that respect, I'm almost relieved for them. As a friend, I'm like, look at you thriving. It's almost like you spent 30 years searching mm. for it to be this gig. Mm-hmm. But when you're someone who had such clarity before you had kids, it's a bit of a rude shock to the system. Yeah. Honestly, I said to hubs when I was pregnant, I was like, you need to get comfortable with the idea that I might just want to focus on motherhood. Lol. <laughs> Shut up. No, but- Fascinating. that's what I expected of myself and that's what I almost kind of wanted. Cause, totally. Because there was a part in my personality it was like, oh, I, I get to get off the hamster wheel of work yeah. and I can throw myself into this project. You've never worked harder. Because I'm, I'm so project-based. But the opposite thing happened yeah. where I had kids and went, oh, I want to work harder for them. I want to model this life for them. Oh, I get it. Motherhood made me more ambitious. It made me want to model... Being my own person and having my own goals for sure. And if anything, it's made me a more efficient worker because it sounds like we're totally overcompensating now. Look at us justifying why we're not that natural mother. It's crazy. Like, look at us. And what I think we need to do, all of us, hold hands collectively and go, let's fucking learn from this. You know how we're always joking? Me before kids thinking X. And then, oh, look, it's the opposite. It's so where I'm at because I'm going through another massive life change. But People are still looking at me like what I thought before separation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I'm giving myself a lot of space now to be like, okay, I always thought I would never do X. I would never do Y. And now I find myself at a huge crossroads in life. And I'm like, oh, so just like parenthood all the things you think you would never do that feel inconceivable that you judged other people for hey look here's where I am mm. and it's just like when in life do we learn not to put that judgment on other people it's a real human character flaw yeah. that judgment thing and yes. it's the hardest thing to shake and it's such a discipline through life to check in with yourself yes Sometimes when you get into the grind of life and then you can get back into that judgy mentality. I mean, Instagram is rife for it, right? You see people project their lives and you're just like, whatever. Yeah. And things can trigger you. Yeah. But I do think it's important to zoom out as we are in today's episode and just go, what the fuck am I doing? Overthinking. Yeah. Yeah. Overlabeling labeling yeah. what i am and putting what you would do and what's right for you onto other people yeah. is crazy it is crazy we've got to evolve beyond that like yeah. you told me when we were very young once and it really hit home and it's funny because we don't live by this we judge all the time but like you said to me you bet yeah but you're expecting people to act how you act Mm. and it was a light bulb for me and I was like oh fuck I am in fact I've gone my whole life expecting people to act how I act and what a high bar (laughs) you (laughs) know but also like what a it's just disappointment waiting to happen anyway can we talk about something seriously frivolous? I (laughs) know (laughs) do a not sponsored? (laughs) You can tell we're coming into winter in our moon cycles because we're dark and bleak and morose (sighs) and angry oh just raging please give me a fucking not sponsored and make it light <laughs> okay my not sponny today is something i was heavily influenced by someone on the gram sophie pierce i have coveted a carry case for a long time now if you don't know what a carry case is it's an iphone case with a lanyard attached to it yeah and strap. <laughs> turns it into a crossbody bag correct <laughs> now you could almost align this with the bum bag yeah where it can either be super cool fashion forward new trend alert or super daggy yes i feel like i don't bring the cool factor with carry case i cool. i genuinely feel like a tourist yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've had lots of comments some of them with judgment some of them <laughs> with like hey i feel like that's kind of handy mm. Carry case, I feel like, is the brand that has hit my palette, my yeah, life palette. Sure, we've got like a sand color here with like a khaki strap. Anyway, carry case is spelt C A R R I E case. It's a game changer for mums if you need to free up your hands. Because let's be honest, I feel like we need to change the term wallet mum to phone mum. Stop messing with wallet mum. No, I'm. I'm... This is a hard wallet mum vibe. It's the... like sling it over your shoulder and let's go kids. Don't worry about the nappies. Yeah, but The good I... mum's got us. Rebs, I feel like I can't own wallet mum title anymore because I literally am a fully fledged phone mum. I bring nothing else. The other day I went to the park. Iggy shat is nappy. Did I bring a nappy? No, because all I brought was my carry case and my phone. <laughs> it's problematic. Where's this- your pop socket? I know. From two weeks ago. Dude, it hasn't arrived in the mail. I'm a bit dirty about oh, okay, it. Okay. I'm going to have to it. I thought you one. were off it because now you have a carry case. Oh, no. Give me all the fucking phone accessories because yes. my phone is my life. I love it. I so love check it. it out. Carry cases. Lots of beautiful colors. No, there's not. There's three color options. <laughs> but, you know, check it out. Something will... Tickle your fancy. Yeah. We'll say disclaimer. Not cheap. Okay. Okay, How much I was talking talking to the good mum about this because she was inquiring about my carry case, and I said, "Look, it's ninety dollars." Oh, what? Yeah. I. know. That feels a lot. There's probably more affordable ones on the market, but I will say carry case, Mm -hmm. the colors, the quality. All right. Well, ninety bucks. Maybe it's eighty. 89.95 89.95 probs okay whatever it is <laughs> i'm here to, I, all right <laughs> i'm here to say it's worth it okay, okay. all right no I'm, I'm if it's worth it let me work it put, put my, my thing down, down flip it and reverse it, reverse it. it's your flummy different flank yet all right i've mine's very similar oh it's okay it's another wallet mum accessory we're very in sync <laughs> because <laughs> it's a silicon case for my apple earphones wireless earphones it's a case for that I got it on Amazon. (laughs) I don't know why I'm laughing, but (laughs) the fact that you had to explain. My Apple wireless earphones. It's like, just say AirPods. Everyone knows what you're talking about. I never really know what they're called because (laughs) AirPods sounds like iPod and i never get it. Anyway, (laughs) it's silicon. They come in lovely colors. I've got like a lavender color and it's got a D clip on it and I put my keys on it. And then I have similar to your carry case. It's like my AirPods keys phone. In one hand, like a true wallet mum, and then I'm out the door. Mask on my wrist. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a mask on my wrist wearer as well. Can I just say, I think that is uber practical because I've lost many an airpod Mm. and i feel like if you can attach those bad boys to your keys or something just to make them bulkier easier to find is a win 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 and it's pretty and it keeps them a bit safe and also i know they're mine if i'm in a situation which i'm not at the moment but will be again when i go back to work where everyone's got airpods it's like which ones are mine now i know mine are the purple ones can i just chime in and say that the daily edited also do some really cool airpod (gasps) cases where you can emboss your initials oh, very bougie but i have to say the winning thing with yours in particular is the d clip the d clip d ring whatever you D-ring. call it all D-ring? about the d ring yeah. but it's not like a big chunky like mountain climbing d ring it's like a little chrome thing you chuck your keys on i'm here for it so what's oh, the website so good amazon <laughs> <laughs> goliath goliath sorry not a small mum run outfit cue the outro one of these days we'll have an outro to our podcast, mmm, ooh, I like it, why not?